My bad about that, man. No, no, it's all good, man. Are you gonna be like, like, even if you don't stay with the company that we're with now, are you gonna be like, anytime you see a Generation Z or a uh, bottom tier gener- uh, millennial, you're gonna be like, oh, millennial. Mm-mm. This he's gonna be like him. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I mean no, just because like um, yeah, no, I'm just gonna just put it out there. No, just that's because the way that I look at it is that's just his his character hangups uh-huh. or whatever. So like you know, um, it would be irresponsible for me to just be like, oh, you to kind of lump a bunch of people in with one with the experience of one guy. Now, I will say, if I have repeat instances with multiple people from that generation, you got to call a spade a spade. <laughs> yeah, man. Like, if it looks like a duck, sound like a duck, that's a motherfucker. Yeah, you know? That's how, feel about, that's how I feel about people with certain names. I was trying to think of one before I said this statement. Like, there's certain people with, like, certain names. Like, you'd be like, man, every... Every gym I know is a bomb. You know what I mean? Like, right. I can't think of a good one. Uh, that one that is like that. What? I don't know. Like, are like um, all all Daryls that I know are light. <laughs> That's one. All Daryls I know are light skin. I don't think I know one dark skin or brown skin Daryl. Really? <laughs> yeah. All mm-hmm. Daryls I know is light skin. Have you ever met a, a non light skin Daryl? I'm gonna be real, man. I ain't met no black girls. <laughs> not, not a man, not a one of them. Like, and I, I gotta be, I gotta think too, because like, I've met, I've met quite a few folks. Uh, I've lived quite a few places, and I'm trying to think again. <laughs> literally, every Daryl that I can think of off the top of my head is been a white guy. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but it's also like I have not met any white Clarences. I've never met a white Clarence. <laughs> really? For real. See, I don't think I have either. I think that's like when I when I heard Clarence, I think of that uh black dude from the office. Like I know that wasn't his name. But right. like that's a Clarence. Like if I think of if I heard Clarence, I'm like, oh they probably look like that guy. <laughs> oh man. But yeah. So, bro, I know I referenced, I referenced uh, uh, our listeners don't know. Um, you care to go into your experience of why I said, will you, uh, uh, you know, categorize all or compare all lower tier millennials? Because technically, by uh, technically by society, we are both of us are still millennials. We're on the upper upper tiers, and so one of those who are borderline into Generation Z is the person that you're referencing. You want to uh, uh, inform the listeners what all went down? Four one one. The part of me doesn't want to do it just because it's um, you know like a confidentiality type thing. Like I don't want to be. Nah, I got you. the business out, but I will say this about it. Like the thing that really, uh, like 
coming to head, coming to, I guess, coming to head or at least coming with confrontation in the workplace is, um, <clears throat> is something that I try to try to avoid at all costs just because the mm. type of person I am is like, I'm a peacemaker. I want to try to make peace. And, and so I'm mm-hmm. trying not to ruffle no feathers, even if something like ticks me off. But every now and again, I got to do something just just so I can get my, uh, <laughs> I'm just going to say, bro, I was, it was refreshing to, to hear that side of you when you informed me of what went down the other day. Mm-hmm. Like, it was just like, so I, you was just like, oh, oh, and he said that. <laughs> I never heard this side of quitting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. But it was awesome. Yeah, man, it's like, the, oh, like, man. That, like that old red man track, you know, you, sometimes you got to let the dog out. <laughs> Uh, so because uh, like you know like we all or at least me and you obviously we're males and so mm-hmm. obviously males have a uh, like there's some there's something in the male DNA that's like you know I ain't gonna uh, what was the Scarface said in the movie was like nobody I ain't gonna break my balls for nobody <laughs> like that sort of thing mm-hmm. you know like you get that you yeah. gotta, sometimes you just gotta back up your um machismo to make yourself feel alive every once in a while so uh and it definitely comes into play when you're in the workplace because like at least to, i feel like in our experience like um as black men you feel a lot of times you get conf- confronted and the first thing that generally at least i know for me the first thing that generally happens is uh i'm going to is this something that has to do with me being a black dude why are you coming at me sideways like that, mm. that sort of thing. Yeah. So, um, so in doing that, I also have to try to check. I also have to check myself because I'm also um, trying to uh, self-preserve myself at our cost too. Because I'm not try- I'm not getting fired at the job because I don't went H. Mm-hmm. I went ham and eggs on some dude because or or maybe well you know I went sideways at this yeah, person yeah. that came at me extra uh you know all extra. Um, so in right, this right. case the person came on me kind of extra and uh mm-hmm. i had to think about it i had to i had to swallow some uh i had to swallow some pride which you know uh, doesn't seem to be too big of an issue for me for the most part but in any case um i also had to take time to figure out what I exactly I was going to say to this person once I got my bearings because a lot of times you can deal out of emotion and that never, at least for me, that never works out because <laughs> uh, <laughs> my conscience always gets the best of me in the back end and so I always end up apologizing which, you know, I'm not sure yeah. what to think about that but whatever, that's the way I'm wired. Um, the reality, the but again, in this issue, in this issue and in this instance, I took it like, you know what? Um, I'm not going to let that one slide. So mm-hmm. I confronted him about it. Um, and then he tried to sandbag me. <laughs> you, know you, know how, you know how people try to sandbag you like, oh, well, you know, they try to flip it like it's something that you did to deserve it or something like that. Or at least that was a tone. That I got out of it. Yeah, I had to watch. I had to watch doing that with my wife. Yeah, I'm just saying, man. <laughs> I know exactly. I know exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, like, I what I tried to do was coming over. 
as professionally as I could and tell him, like, look, man, mm-hmm. um, you know what you did was messed up. Uh, you know the situation that I'm in being that I'm the only person in the office that's got to work from home because of uh, mainly because of childcare challenges. Mm-hmm. And so, because uh, obviously, because otherwise, if I didn't have kids, there I'd be in the office. Let's be real. <laughs> um, you yeah. Know, um, I, at least outside of, because like obviously in the situation we're in with all this COVID business, um, you know, folks have been working from home since, uh, you know, like the end of March or whatever. At least for us, anyways. Uh, I know you've been working. You've been working at home a little longer. Right. Um. No, it's it's, it's been March. Maybe I I, I know I, it's been March. If yours, if you left um to work from home in March as well, mm-hmm. then I left early March because mm-hmm. I know I was working from home for about like at least a week before right. you um started work, working from home. So yeah, I've been I've been working from home for, uh, since March as well. Okay. I love it. I love it, man. I, I, I hate to say it, man. I've turned into that, like, <laughs> what I need to go out the house for. Like, my wife and I literally just had a conversation about that because I was like, like, I've been working from home and, like, I totally forgot about our PTO hours. <laughs> like, <laughs> I did. I saw somebody, like, like my, my supervisor, like, put in, like, sent a uh, team email out about like somebody being on vacation or something like that and I was like wait a minute we think oh we do get vacation <laughs> I totally forgot about that and I was just like oh, no. yeah man so, I totally <laughs> love this man I don't know what we're gonna do but that's what I was going with that like my wife and I was like my wife was like well, well if you take vacation um what are you gonna what are we gonna do and I was just like and, I, and she clarified me before her question was, and um, in regard to relaxation, cause we, she wasn't insinuating that uh, we go out of the city or anything, traveling or anything like that, or any type of uh, place where uh, people congregate. Um, yeah, my mind didn't think none of it because I was just like, mm-hmm. I'm about to just chill. I told her, I said, man, if we weren't married. Mm-hmm. Oh, we talked about this. Like, Take a shower. What? <laughs> man, I'd be taking showers. <laughs> what? Like, I'm serious, man. Like, he doesn't know. Like, I turn, I revert back to, like, you know that scripture where it says, like, with sin, like, people go back like a dog to his puke. <laughs> yep. That's a man. That's a, that's a married man when he got his house all to himself I'm going back to that puke I'm getting bucket naked <laughs> and I'm watching my favorite TV shows and movies oh my God. sitting on the couch because I know because I know she's going to talk about me I'll, I'll still respect her wishes and, and put a shirt or a towel <laughs> or I'll put my put the <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Put the throne that I'm wrapped myself in underneath my now booty cheeks while I sit. I won't sit. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> so I won't... You don't no. need that. If your pick, if you... no, oh my I'm goodness. Saying, like, I'm okay, wait. You just. I'm gonna be real. Like, will I? Will I be rewearing some clothes? Yes, I will. <laughs> will I be abstaining from showers? There's a high probability. That I would probably <laughs> abstain from a shower or two on a long weekend, but but, yeah. 
what you're describing right now, that to me, that's a whole nother category. <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole nother category, my friend. And that is uh oh that, is not, <laughs> that is not something that I would uh <laughs> be partaking in. However, I will agree that, you know, the rules definitely uh you know, cleanliness rules. Grooming rules, they are <laughs> relaxed in those moments, like for real. <laughs> bro, bro, I'm telling you, before I go more into this, <laughs> oh my goodness, <laughs> this is theme music to drive by with host <laughs> Quentin and Joseph. And we are going to have an array of topics of discussion. You're going to always going to get some laughter, you're going to get some. Some clever banter, and you're going to get some enlightenment, um, enrichment, joy from listening to this podcast. If you haven't listened to our first episode, we are new friends. And when we talked about in that first episode how we transitioned from work associates, our, our work communication, work relationship, to being associates, to uh, being becoming friends as we are now, we plan on growing into that. And, uh, I mean, that's just, it's, it's, it's awesome. It's, it's beautiful. Um, and, you know, like, <laughs> and, you know, we talked about last, our last episode of just like getting to know, we both agreed about was just like, you know, you have to, like with any relationship, you said it quit and you, like any relationship, you have to like have honesty. You have to have like, you just, you basically, um, disagreements or whatever or any type of acknowledgement like that draws you all closer together man and I referenced that um when you was in uh was like in high emotion and frustration regarding the person at work um and I was like I was enjoying seeing that because I never seen that before like even yesterday when we were talking uh through text man and like just even having that out um because I'll let you know, man, and I'll say it to the to the, um, the listeners as well, man. Have you ever? Are you ever nervous when you are saying something to someone? Like, say, for example, um, for me, I hate the nickname Joe. Only people that call me Joe is my <laughs> is my mom, my my. So I should say my parents and my siblings. They're the only people that call me Joe. And I, I let them call me Joe because you know you're suing and they don't give an F about your family. They don't give an F about your birth. <laughs> they're like, they're the opposite uh, of uh, of that dude from coming to America. Dead and them cats, I'm going to call them cats. <laughs> like, like, I've been calling you Joe since you were little, I'm going to call you Joe. <laughs> like, like you just going to have an aneurysm trying to right. be like, call me Joe. Right, right. So, but yeah, man, like, I, like, so when I tell people that, when people, because people just automatically, man, like, I don't know what it is about Joe, bro, but it's like saying, I don't, I don't even know what to compare it to. Like, as soon as I say my name is Joe, they just want to shoot that gun off and say, Joe, Joe. And I'm like, nah, I'm not, I don't prefer Joe. It's just like in, in my head, I'm, I have all this battle and I'm just like, Oh, I gotta tell him. I gotta tell him. How I tell him? How I tell him. I tell him though. I can't let it go further because because after I don't know what it is about the nickname mm. Joe, bro. But it's like it's like how people say Joe is like how 
I would say is the is compared to how a little kid once they say the cur- a curse word. For the <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. So you know how like you see it look and be like, fuck. They said again, bro. <laughs> as soon as someone says Joe. They used to say Joe in in relevant places, and they just keep on going on. It's like Joe, what you thinking about this? Joe, 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 Joe. I don't like Joe. <laughs> That's just like, <laughs> but no, I was, but yeah, man. So like I said that, and uh, do you ever have to say like when you're like ah, I really like what goes on in your head when you like like there's something a preference for you um, that you're like like you whether you rolled it out to me or with your wife when you all were getting to know each other. Like, do you have those things in your head, or do you just go ahead and just tell them, like, look, I don't like this? Well, a lot of it depends on what that thing is, really, because um, mm-hmm. most of the most of the stuff that, uh, like, I try not to let a whole lot of stuff bother me, and I don't know if that's a defense. I don't know if that's mm-hmm. a defense mechanism. <laughs> Seriously, because like, I don't, I don't no, know no. if that's a defense mechanism or if that's literally just how I'm wired. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm really like, eh, whatever. For most, <laughs> I remember you saying that when we first, because <laughs> like, uh, I think the analogy I put to Joseph when we first met was I'm like a duck, right? So like, when you look at ducks, yeah. <laughs> so, so like, when you look at ducks, you see them on top of the water, and they're they're just gliding across mm-hmm. the water. They're looking like an ice skater, just just smoothing that thing out, you know. Um, but underneath the water. They're kicking like crazy people. <laughs> uh, you know, kicking like crazy people to to propel themselves so smoothly and awesomely across the water. Like that is me to a T. Like I'm both mm. I'm simultaneously on top of the water, looking cool and smooth mm-hmm. and under the water, kicking like I'm about to die. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and you know. Um, so like for the most part um, when things do bother me I, I here's here's two avenues mm. I generally see I find myself at like a fork in the road and I'm like um, okay so I could pursue this and make a big deal out of it mm-hmm. but and then see where you know see what happens from there or I could just let it go and just keep it moving most of the time mm. I keep it moving <clears throat> Every once in a while, mm-hmm. so like, but if there's something that I really feel is important, then yeah, I'll definitely take that opportunity to be like, look, man, nah, that's not how this is going, <laughs> or at least, hey, that's not how yeah. I, you know, like, I don't really uh, dig that. Um, I remember when you told me that I was like, not the not the duck mm-hmm. analogy. Yeah, when you told me like not a lot of things get to me, I was like, oh man, I hope this guy doesn't come in and kill everybody because it's like. <laughs> 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 like people just be like, like, like I'm fine, and just be like, and then out of nowhere they be like, you know what? I'm no, not right, fine. Right. <laughs> that's really. But it to, to Dave Chappelle's point though, in his stand-up, he said black people they can have everything going wrong with them. They don't be like, I'm gonna go shoot up mm-hmm. the work. I'm gonna go no, shoot man, up the school. Because so, like part of the existence. <laughs> And you know what the reason, I like, I know why that is. It's because, and you know it as well, like part of the existence Mm -hmm. of being black is you literally come into the world and people, like not only your parents and your friends, but like your experiences Mm -hmm. tell you, yeah, (laughs) 
all this other stuff that applies to other people mm-hmm. so freely that really don't apply to you like mm-hmm. <laughs> like it really don't apply. Right. So like right. when you kick so like when you get confronted with something it's not a, like a shock to your system you like oh, okay i kind of expected that on some level so <laughs> So mm-hmm. you navigate it, and then you just keep it moving. Like, and then there co- there does come a time where you try to navigate it, mm-hmm. but the the your inner will won't allow it to happen, you know. And so you got <laughs> in those moments, you just be like, you know what? This is where I'm putting my foot down. Nah, man. Like, I can, I don't drive with that. This is so. Like to your point, where your name is a very uh, is a sticking point. Um, mm-hmm. uh, that. That's a that's one of those moments where people try to slide and try to give you the Joe treatment, and you're like, nah, that's not how this is gonna go. Like, <laughs> you either refer to me as Joseph, or we just ain't gonna talk no more. <laughs> like, <laughs> right, right. But see, you know what? What what comes from that, man? Um, and it's because growing up, man, I've, I there's so how my personality is this, bro, and it's so cool. Um, and I say cool, not as like selfish, like, like, but just looking at just like how the human being is, bro. Like how you were talking about, like, you've been like that your whole life. And I even felt that was cool. What you said of the day when we were speaking, when you said, you know, your mom gave you that praise of like, you'll take advice. Uh, No, no. What you said, she said was that you, you, you spit the bones Mm. out basically. Like you, you take a situation and you just like you're optimistic about it, or as you said, you let it roll off. You don't let it get it to you. And so, like, that's been something that you know parents recognize true identities of the children. Um, that's been something she recognizes as a parent. Like me, bro, I've always been the type of person that I do not seek out conflict. Or um, uh, yeah, I do not seek out conflict. I'm mm-hmm. I'm a protector. So I'm a protector and I am a, I don't know where it came from. And it, it could have came from um, being black and being in predominantly um, white areas. And I'm, I'm, I, I always was a person as a child that like small things, bro, small things I would say, oh, it's okay. And it's, this is a super cool part, bro. I've, I don't think I've done it as consistent as an adult especially since my daughter's been born yet she is that personality and mm-hmm. amplified like when like like say for example i'm real big on parenting um and apologizing mm-hmm. to your child so when i've done something wrong and i realize i've done something wrong, i would come to my daughter and say hey um daddy sorry i i did mm-hmm. this and i shouldn't have she right off the bat says, it's okay. And in sometimes moments, instances, I really, I did something and she shouldn't just say off the right off the bat, okay. And my daughter and I tell her, um, like, you don't have to say okay so fast. And that's what I did growing up. And, and so with me now, it's not um, being like noticing the small things, yet getting into the practice of something that not saying okay to something is something right. bothers me because I, I used to just say it's okay so so quickly and it wouldn't yeah. and it'd be eating at me and and yeah so that's what I'm practicing well, now yeah, I uh 
I totally agree with you because um, I feel at least uh, the relationship that's really brought that out or at least tried to change that in me what has mm-hmm. been my, my marriage. Um, <clears throat> because mm-hmm. obviously when you're married to somebody or even in, in it, hell, you ain't got to be married. You can be in a relationship with somebody. Like when you're in a relationship with somebody and mm-hmm. you're committed to being like 100% you in that relationship, like you... Mm-hmm. Uh, you get confronted with those types of things. Um, and so like when you, obviously for mm. us, since we're married, um, we, we get confronted with that um, directly, you know, <laughs> and often with, uh, you know, with right. you dealing with your spouse and then um, vice versa, your spouse dealing with you. So um, yeah. So that's certainly something where speaking up for yourself has to, or at least has, um, You know, like that's I've been able to work on that and get better at voicing my opinion as far as when things are bothering me because nothing's worse than um, mm. assuming something or uh, carrying around a bag mm. of rocks, <laughs> so to speak. You know, carrying around a bag of rocks, <laughs> and then when somebody really, you know, when somebody really, yeah. so, so like when your wife, my wife really goes like, so really, really, you can tell me what's going on, and you unload all this crap on him, like, you know, you really. You don't have to be carrying around all that junk, you know. What I'm saying? <laughs> like you can just tell, right, you can just tell me, right. you know. And uh, and so that's the thing that's really cool about, um, you know, at least getting older and trying to let go of some of those those bad habits. Um, <clears throat> do you think there's a? Did you have you ever ran into? And I I know you are, are nine years older than me. You have you you have way more experiences than me, than me uh, around this around this this world, and you, know, you were in the in the Marines and you've been stationed many places, um, and and so you've been in contact with, with more different cultures, um, and uh, I've I've been so more just just in the states and um, mostly mostly in, mm-hmm. in Kentucky. Um, I've been out of states, but most of my experiences have been in Kentucky with different cultures. So I would say, I want to ask you this question. Do you think there is a stereo... No, first I want to ask you, did you ever run into something where a situation where someone said to you, no matter what race they were, they just still ask you this question, you didn't respond to that conflict like a black person. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yes. That's happened to me on numerous occasions. And one of the first ways it would happen to me is um, when I would speak to people. So on the phone. So like, mm. um, so like when I was in the service and in, in other times throughout my life too, um, there's been people have made the mm. comment to me like, yo, you don't sound like a black dude. And my first and my first mm-hmm. uh, instinct for a long time was to get I would get mad. Um, mm-hmm. But for those who don't know, like when I get mad, it's not really I'm not like <laughs> I'm not like yo what? you know what I'm like I'm not I'm not demonstrative at all unless I'm super pissed. You know, like, like I'm me. not demonstrative at all unless I'm really like I got to be really hot. Um, so like yeah, so yeah. like to, <laughs> so like my. So basically, I'm not my dad. My dad, my dad could go from zero 
to uh, mm-hmm. uber pissed in like <laughs> in the in the amount of time it takes to turn on a car like that too like and I'm serious but like <laughs> the way that uh, the way that my dad gets mad is he he'll get mad and then um <laughs> he'll like the things that he does when he's angry are like they're just next level like he's not all the cards, like all cards are on the <laughs> table for him when he's super pissed off, like for real. Um, but I've only really seen him that way, like maybe like a handful of times. And there's a whole bunch of reasons as to why that is. Mm-hmm. But, and I won't go into that, at least not today anyway. Um, but, um, <laughs> but no, like, so in any case, so like for me, <laughs> when, uh, so people would, people would say to me, yo, man, you know, at least meeting to me face to face for the first time after speaking to me in the phone, they would be like, "Yo, I did not think you was a black dude." Like, I'm, I'm just be honest. I hope that's not, <laughs> whatever. And so again, in the beginning, I would get pissed off because be like, "What the hell is that even?" Like, I don't mm-hmm. even know what that means. Number one, like, well, I don't sound like a black mm. dude. Why? Because I pronounce my consonants and vowels. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> what? Am I supposed to talk? You know what I'm saying? Like, am I supposed to talk? In some yeah, yeah. weird secret <laughs> black language that only <laughs> that only yeah. other black people yeah, like, uh, I'm sorry, I didn't know that there was a way that I was supposed to be talking. Thank you for instructing me on my non-blackness. <laughs> so, so get so oh, like to your goodness. point. Yeah, have I ever been confirmed with that? Yeah, it's, and it started early, like because like. Uh, because like I left my mom's house as a seventeen-year-old man and kid to join the Marine Corps, um, mm-hmm. and so throughout all of that, um, so like when I basically grew up in the service in a lot of ways, as at least to my adult mm-hmm. anyways. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, so that was um, that was definitely those were those were challenging times. What about what about in like? In conflict, like, 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 I don't know whether verbal or or physical. Um, did did someone be like, "Oh man, you should have, you should have fought him or whatever"? I should have, like, you know, um, mm-hmm. you should have flexed us if you were mm-hmm. gonna fight him, and then you you gave a response, and they were like, "Oh, you you don't act black, or you're not black because you didn't respond in that way." No. Um, and if they did, I just wasn't aware of it at the time, maybe, but for them, cause like, cause a lot of times mm. when people would at least confront me, they didn't know how to, just cause I was so damn, just because I was so damn mm-hmm. quiet most of the time. Like, <laughs> so most people yeah. to your point earlier that you made, we was like, oh man, is this guy going to go nut up and start shooting up the place? Like, <laughs> that's <laughs> like for real, that's. People really approached me for a long for the longest time just because they didn't know what, like, you know, they was like, "Yo, he's cool. He doesn't really do a whole lot. You know, he's he stays to himself. He knows what he wants to do and what he don't want to do." Um, mm. but, um, <laughs> so and so, I never really had too many instances where people would just be like, um you know, trying to test me, but people would do it, obviously, just because they thought they could get over me. And I'd always tell them directly, like, no, that's not it. (laughs) Um, Yeah. 
see, I always there is um, I see, I I did receive that, and it's weird. I never I never was um, my parents always taught me, and mostly my mom always taught me to pursue excellence mm-hmm. and know who you are. So reach your goals. None of my goals was related to um, struggle, like racial struggle or, or, or poverty, where if you don't do this, like, you're going to be a, you're going to be like, you know, everybody around us in the environment. Um, she didn't use that, because I say this to say, up until I was in seventh grade, I lived in developing communities, um, urban communities where, you know, it's, it's tight knit buildings. And, and I didn't realize until I go past those areas of the city now, I didn't realize that because the way how my mom raised me. And it's just like, I didn't see my outside like that. And so in regards to, to being black, um, like it wasn't something like like I knew I was black. I knew I, my mom always educated me on black history. I went to a, a private school. Um, majority of my uh, upbringing of of my my childhood from third grade to eighth grade, and so I didn't. So like I knew not to let anybody disrespect me by saying the n word or um, say I was nothing. Yet there was nothing like every day that was just like, like this is what black people was. It was just pursue your goals, do the best you can, be Joseph at all times. That's what my parents told. Well, it wasn't until like there was uh, an increase of of African descent people in this private school around like sixth grade, and so there was things that was like. Like I would like issues that I was like I wouldn't I wouldn't do so like one thing that I noticed even now as an adult like people exercise um oh what's the word I was looking for um people exercise to embrace conflict before it even um head before it even comes to a head that's not me and so so for example if somebody comes in just like trying to to navigate the room and to, to to set the tone of don't mess with me like I'm bad like or if somebody does something like buff against their desk and somebody like well we got a problem man why you bumping against my desk I'm not your crazy mm-hmm. like that's not me and I remember I remember in like middle school that's mm-hmm. what I got confronted with and I remember like like you feel me like another black dude come in I'm just like like how we do at work I'm just like hey how's it going man and that was what popped off. And I'm like, what the fuck is wrong Like, what? And I noticed that was like a, a ripple effect. And um, that's just not me. And so I, I learned, and it's just like, when, when I didn't do that, and then now that I, I've gotten older and I'm around uh, African descent males that do that, um, they, they'll say the same thing. Like, like, you're just different. And I'm like, why does that have to be the stereotype of African descent males having to like initiate uh conflict to to set 
tone. I was just like, what? 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 Why is that? Uh, like, where did that question. Because, um, I mean, it's part, and we could, there, I think there's a lot of different reasons as to why, and it even a lot of it might be, a lot of it is socioeconomic. A lot of it is um, the culture, the way that the culture is. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I say that, mm-hmm. it's because when, um, I don't know, man, I feel like black life for a large portion has tried to fight or had to fight for um, an identity for so long. Um, that there's this, um, and it, and the reason that they're fighting for an identity was, you know, when you're because of the the history of our enslavement here, and a bunch of other things that came after that, like where you have this other culture that's just kind of, um, <clears throat> so like the mainstream culture tries to, I don't know, assimilate you in, but at the same time tell you that you're not. <laughs> You're not part of the culture at the same time, um, but so like because exactly. so like because exactly. of that tension, you know what I'm saying? Like that creates this other weird tension within the black community where you have to fit a certain, I guess, uh, I don't know, archetype or something like that. Or um, if you don't have some experience, you know, that's like similar in some way, then you're not really. Uh, black or whatever, <laughs> or you're not black enough. Because like I, right. um, if you're if you're, if the question is, have I ever felt a time where I've thought that I wasn't black enough? Yeah, there's been many times where I felt like that. Just because I've always felt like mm, I've kind of felt yeah. ostracized, just because like I too have been, I guess, on the fringes of black life. Just because mm-hmm. like I did grow up. I grew up in an area where it was pretty economically depressed for the most part um, in the middle of a Rust Belt town in mm-hmm. Ohio. And so, um, you know, like a lot of kids, you get bullied. A lot of times the bu- your bullies look like you. So, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. but I also knew like the same bullies that I knew or the same people that was doing some bullying or whatever, they lived in my neighborhood or I knew, you know, like my parents knew their parents. And so um, I hung around mm-hmm. enough old folks to know, like, <laughs> most black folks are the same, at least as far as, like, you know, parents and grandparents go. Like, you know, they all struggling to try to put some food on the table or at least keep a roof over their head and provide for their kids. Um, and so that, that sort of yeah. thing. So, um, but it's, so, like, when it, at least when I went out into the world and was, you know, just kind of trying to make my way through it, um, I knew what I was going to get into and I knew what I wasn't going to get into. And so for me, um, where most of my peers or a lot of my peers were ripping and running in the streets, um, you know, with their friends or whatever. And um, uh, some of them was selling, uh, some of them was selling dope, some of them wasn't. They was just hanging out. you know, like I became aware just in conversations with my grandparents and my mom, like um, that's the kind of life that uh, leads to, you know, you start getting picked up and put in county jail uh, on occasion, you know what I'm saying? Like, and then that mm. could lead that could lead to prison. Cause like, obviously um, my dad had been incarcerated before my uncles, 
literally every male, ex- with the exception of my grandfather, <laughs> had been uh, my dad's dad and my mom's stepdad had been incarcerated. It, every single one of them, uh, for mm. some reason or another. Um, like I never chalked it up as something like, oh yeah, they're just horrible people that ended up in jail and deserve to get what they got. Nah, I was smart enough to at some point understand oh, those rules, <laughs> the rules as far as <laughs> only yeah, like the rules as far as incarceration goes. Like, there's a lot of factors as to why and how people end up in jail. Um, some people just some people can't afford it and end up mm. in jail. Some people really did do something and ended up in jail. Some people mm-hmm. can't prove that they didn't do something and ended up in jail. Like those, <laughs> those were generally the three tropes or right. at least the three ideas. Yeah. And even the grace, the grace before you even get sentenced to prison, or the the. The the length of your sentence is not even extended to us, man. I mean, that's just. I mean, you you look at you look at situations like like that that of the people that have been that have been killed, you know, by by police officers. And this is not a bent a bash to police officers. I know there's good police officers out there. Appreciate those who you know who do just like military people. I do appreciate people who do. You know, have their life um, out for you know civil law and just you know just taking care of the I mean domestic domestic uh, situations. So I appreciate that. Yeah, there are some bad ones, man. And and like the you you will look at a video of somebody white, um, literally <laughs> swinging a hacksaw at police officers. And they're talking down to him and getting close to him, mm-hmm. and like like it's nothing. Yet, um, I forgot what the gentleman's name was back in 2015, who was didn't have no gun drawn, no gun in his hand. He was running away from police. Mm-hmm. He had a green shirt. On, I remember that was in the video. And he gets killed. Uh, or, mm-hmm. or the guy that's last name was Gene who was just sitting in his apartment and the police officer yeah. came in the wrong apartment and killed him. And like, it's just, it's just so many things, man. That's just like, it's like, what's like, like what was like, there's like, it's just, it's just frustrating, man. And it's just, and I, I would say that, that, that adds to like the, the mental health, of people of African descent, and I know it's different ranges of that severity. I know it plays a part in me because this this most recent um, case with the Mod Arbery man, I'm I'm the type of person. Remember, I said that like my personality is I don't I don't initiate conflicts. So I'm I'm not going to be like, mm-hmm. oh, you want to fight? I'm a protector. And so, if someone needs help, it's just something. It's it's innate for me to be like, what do you need? I need to make sure they're safe. I need to provide, I need to protect. And um, so this situation, it's in me of like, I need to do something. And if I focus on this, that that's case so much, so long, man, I know like my mind doesn't go to, to no, no protest. Like my mind goes to other things. So so when you say other things, you're talking about like, like rioting. So, so, so my thing is, no, not rioting, because I don't believe you should like destroy. I think it's senseless and pointless to destroy another person's 
you know, endeavors, like a person that, that has built a, their own small business, and you go in and burn it and throw it down and stuff like that. I mean, like, if you're standing across from me and you of whoever stands and you got a gun and you going to swing a gun at me or something like that, I got the same right mm-hmm. to protect myself, too. I can shoot you if and say there's a self-defense and be truthful because you said something derogatory mm-hmm. towards me and threatened my life. Like that's that's what goes in my mind. And it's just it gets frustrating. And then and I just go I just go into into well because after seeing so many of these cases, man, I'm I it'll put you in a funk where it's just like you have to check off all this lengthy mm-hmm. list of what you can't do and then something happens where like a mod arbery of going on a run for ex- for exercise for cardio and then looking into a construction site not stealing nothing not picking up anything mm-hmm. not even going to pick up anything just looking at mine with the the status of the construction site and then somebody killing you for that like, you got to write that on a list. Don't admire a construction site. And, dude, no matter what people say private property, maybe it's a southern thing, but white people in the south, if they see something, <laughs> a construction site, and it's in their neighborhood, they're going to go around and look well, I, at it. I don't think that's just a southern thing, to be honest with you. Like, I've, uh, you know, whether you want to term Ohio like the north <laughs> or not, um, it's the same thing that mm-hmm. the same thing would happen back where I'm from, like you know, or even in uh, even in California where I used to live at one point. Like, <clears throat> there's all kind of people just walking around looking at construction sites, whether it's a private home or a pub, uh, public building or private building, you know, whatever. Um, if there's access to it, you know, what I'm saying because like if there's access to wow. it, it's open. Like the human mind is curious. Like, oh, I wonder what's going uh-huh. on in here. Let me go see. Oh. That's interesting. I wonder what. Oh, it's going to be a bank, or it's going to be some kind of you know building for whatever purpose. So, um, right. Like the one thing that I do notice, like at least for me, the difference between um, I guess northern cities and southern ones is uh, a lot of times just the mentality of the local people. Um. So, like the what mm. is this? For at least for me, the way that I looked at the South and my experiences where there were a lot of things that were unsaid in the South that were, um, mm-hmm. so like there's a lot of things that go, I guess, unwritten rules. That's the word. That's the phrase. So like unwritten rules to where mm-hmm. you can be aware of them, you cannot be aware of them. And so that's, um, that's one of the challenges for, um, you know, any anybody really if you if you move in and around in mm-hmm. in southern spaces uh and it's even more harrowing it can be even more harrowing if you're black uh, moving from say say if you move from a predominantly black area mm-hmm. in the south to a predominantly non-black area in the south there could be a lot of ri- unwritten rules that you're not even aware of you know <laughs> and so uh bro like i, I know I would imagine you have been, you have experienced some of that stuff living in Louisville. Like people probably don't think of Louisville as like a southern city, but it really is. Mm-hmm. 
uh, compared to say Columbus or Cleveland. Right. Not to say that some of the things that ex- that go on in either one of those places don't happen at Louisville because that's false. There's a lot of crazy stuff that happens in those cities that happen to happen in Louisville as well. But um, you know, you don't think of Louisville is a backwards liberal city. Like it's it's out of place in the state of Kentucky um, in regards to views. And the culture, the the speed is is different. Yet, it is it's it's is embraced to to the high to to the popular liberal views. Yet it wants to retain, as you said, those unwritten rules that is that is like because. It's, it's, it makes you think. There's, there's this, and, it, and it's any, and it's any culture. Don't, as we discussed the other day when we were just having a conversation, like there's each culture, each country, they have their issues, and um, you can't let those those issues remain, and you can't, you can't just say I've been this way my whole life when another human being is is saying. No, you're killing me. You're like so, it's 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 almost like you have two people in a pool, and for the longest, each generation, the there's one group, one family that's on the top, and the other family that holds that family up on the shoulder, and that family that's underneath the sea says, "Hey, we drown under here. We we die under here, and when we die." You just don't see a change of somebody holding you up because mm. another one of our family members just come in place, yet that person still is threatened for their death. And you just look down and say, yeah, but that's been like that, Ma, this, this whole since this has been created. So I don't want to change and shake it What's up and that? switch spots with you. Well, no, it's, it's so, a hide no, bottom, honestly. Hear. Like, um, as much, and I'm going to say this, knowing, very, knowing full well that I'm, like many people, I'm not really uh, receptive to change or very receptive to change. Like I'll endure it and I'll go through it, but that's the thing. I'm like, I look at those, I look mm-hmm. at change as like a chore or something. Um, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like some kind of punishment for, mm-hmm. I don't know what, 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 but, uh, that like so much stuff in that, na- in nature changes, like the seasons for crying out loud. We, used, we have four seasons and trees. Yeah. Like, Four seasons go um, throughout a year. So, like, you go from spring where stuff is growing and, you know, mm-hmm. colors are starting to burst everywhere and it's super cool and awesome and beautiful. And you go from there to, uh, like, summer, you know, where <clears throat> the same, you know, still lots of vibrant mm-hmm. color, lots of uh, lots of things are growing and, and moving and shaking. And, and then you go to fall, things start to decay and die. Then you go to the to winter and then it starts over again. Um, <clears throat> so like, but we mm-hmm. don't want to hear like as human beings, we really ain't trying to hear none of that <laughs> for the most part. And so you get nope, not to your at point, all. like you you get these. Um, we got to these places. We settled down. We start building cities. We start you know making all these rules and whatever. Meanwhile, nature's still changing around us. We don't want to hear it half the time, mm-hmm. but. It's the truth. Um, yeah. So it's 
And, and to your point, man, like to what we said uh, in our conversation the other day, like you're not going to, because we were talking about like sexist comment that the that we didn't know. Like one of the things I said to Quentin the other day was that my mom was a woman <laughs> said um, growing up all the time. Oh, like there's a frustrated driver <laughs> used to say all the time. Must be a woman driver. And so the early years of my marriage, um, there was one time occurrence when we were driving and I said that and my wife was like, maybe that's sexist. And I was like, for my mom, she's a woman, so it's okay. And my, mom, and my wife was just like, nah. Like, so she enlightened me and about that. And the funny thing about that moment, I told Quentin, was that so we, I passed the, the person that was driving, and it was a female driver. So it was that awkward moment where I was like, I was right. <laughs> but, like, I had to, yeah, I can't say nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but like to both what we do we seek to be better so like when our wives tell us like that's sexist or just them personally that offends me we we want to do better because we love them we're in love with them so we want to be better and what i've seen with more recently with white people that's making them be better is it's they're adopting african descent kids now me personally so it's a game changer. It's a got game changer, bro. Which is messed up. Because, um. bro, it is. <laughs> and it's wild, bro, because, so, as I said in the last episode, my family and I are in a racial reconciliation group. And um, our, uh, so we, there's this one couple in there, man. And they love their, their son. And they, they mention about a time like when, the kids said something and um, are like pe- people among their community said something. Dude, there is actually, there's this one family, separate family that have about three, they have a mix. They got, they have like, I think they have three African descent children and then they have a couple, one or two that are white. And anyway, um, they was actually, and correct me on the pronouncement. Mm-hmm. Pronouncing it, they was ostracized. They was ostracized in their uh, their neighborhood. She said they don't have no <laughs> because they have the adopted black kids, bro. Uh, I was like, what? She said yes, and she said she grew. No, it's no, it's, no, a, no, it's a town I in Indiana, bro. No, no, no. Where... Seriously, I thought this was Louisville. I was about to say, what? <laughs> right? Damn, but when you, as soon as you said Indiana, it make it made perfect sense. <laughs> Oh my god. Well, the first year, right. Mm. She said she grew up there her oh, whole yeah. life and they ostracized her, bro. And well the first the first family I spoke about that had their son where their community and the kids of that community like said racist things regarding him. I believe they lived in Louisville. They they lived in one of those the high end cities areas, neighborhoods. And and that's what that's the game changer, bro, because I I do have my personal feelings about that, and because the 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 biggest thing is that you do not know what you're getting into. As we talked about last last episode, this episode, like we have our mental, like just like chambers that we have to thoughts 
chambers that we have to go through being black in the workplace. And so like, there's just so many things, like I gotta respond to this, right? It's just one space. And so like, you got, you have to teach someone, a young African descent child so much. And it's just like, like, are you ready for this? Cause it's like, if you are, you need just like the, and it came from, it came from an African <laughs> proverb. It did not come from Hillary Clinton or anywhere else. It takes <laughs> it takes a village to raise a child, and like so, if you want to raise this, no one's gonna get around someone African descent. It's not gonna shame you. Let you know how to comb up some <laughs> some 4C hair. Let you know how to brush some nappy hair. Mm-hmm. Like let you know what products to use. Like like get to know all this stuff. But back to but back to the topic, yeah, man. Like this, like you said, man, it's a game changer because they're they're more. It's, when these cases well, happen, you it's would, like oh you would snap, think that's, that, um, that's whatever well, you name. Would think that that would be. Well, never mind. I wouldn't think it because I'm not giving nobody that kind of credit. But um, for the most mm-hmm. part, um, like you're you're absolutely right. Like you're definitely right about the. Um, <clears throat> about people, people that are now adopting uh, black kids, having to deal with <laughs> all the things that black people have been screaming about for centuries, <laughs> as far as the challenges and all these, mm-hmm. these uh, specifically, like what what happens when uh, you know your black kid goes outside your house. And they're now saw as a threat as opposed to, oh, look at that cute little baby over there. Um, you didn't hear, did you hear about that woman back in Arizona last year? Bro, I didn't think about it till you said that she was an older white woman. She adopted a black kid. He was about seven years old. He looked like a seven year old. White cop said there was a report of something happened in that area. Pulls up, killed this little kid. He wasn't playing with no gun. Draws his gun, and he was like, like telling this little kid to get down. Well, this little kid has a disability, so he was he was really like, not only was he shocked for a kid because of like you know just been coming up with this like this man drawing a gun at me and telling right. me to do something, you know, with anger. Um, like like with his with his disorder, he really was confused. She comes down and she was like, "What are you doing?" And that's when he put his gun in his holster. And it was it was on it wasn't it, matter of fact it wasn't even on the news, bro. Like on like CNN. Of course, I didn't watch. I don't watch that. Uh, it was just on another another mm-hmm. another website. Well, see, was, the reason yeah, I, I call like, it a wow. game changer is because now the shoes on would have put. You know, so like. Whereas before you didn't, you know, at least, yeah. um, white communities didn't really have to think about those sorts of things uh, as far as like, uh, <laughs> as far as like mm-hmm. having the talk with your kid before they go outside when they start, you know, when they're a teenager, um, <clears throat> you know, or even just, even just as a kid, you know, like mm-hmm. why are, you know, black children thought of as more aggressive than young white children? I have no clue. But um, it's that's a real that's a thing, and it's been a thing as seriously as long as I've been around. But um, still, that's a that's something that 
both you and I now have to deal with as fathers. Um, the challenge now, the difference between you and I is because mm-hmm. you're in a traditional black family, and I'm in more of a I'm a I'm in a mixed race family. So, um, me and my wife have this conversation all the time about how um, our kids won't have an experience that mirrors either of us. My wife, because my wife is white and I'm black, so my kids are going to straddle mm. line, which is yeah. a whole other set of cons, <laughs> a whole other set of uh, of challenges um, for which that I'm, I'm, you know, I'm already trying to think about, but I'm also aware that there was going to be some things, there's going to be things that mm-hmm. we're going to deal with that not even I'm going to be able to help them with, just because um, like, you know, uh, right. At least studies have shown that today you can look at certain studies that that have shown like mixed kids do deal with things that not even uh, their black parents or even non, you know, like their parents won't even deal with. So, because like obviously both 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 of my kids are, uh, yeah, they're not fully black and they're not fully white, <laughs> and it's already bad enough that they're going to be living in a world mm-hmm. in a society where people who are considered other are already put in this weird box <laughs> and then they try to cast them. No, seriously, this is how I think about it. Like I think about it like this. Like, um, mm-hmm. We like to think about things in black and white, but we conveniently overlook the gray. And so my kids are growing up in this gray area. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so the world that we live in, they, they won't be put into mm-hmm. a box that's black or box that's white. Now they might be able to pass for either one depending on whichever they choose. But mm-hmm. it's not going to make it easier <laughs> because both mm-hmm. like to the point we were talking about earlier with things within the culture, one of the <laughs> things that's always confused me about the culture is like the whole thing with uh with hot <laughs> I was about to say something else. With um <laughs> with um with light skin blacks. Oh. <laughs> so like you and I both know people who are light skinned and black, but they're 100% black. Now, mm-hmm. when you throw mix, when you throw mixed people in there, mm-hmm. people start assuming things. Mm-hmm. You know, like oh, you like, and for the longest time, mm-hmm. like any mixed person was considered black. <laughs> that was just the way that it was, not just in the South, but also mm-hmm. in the North as well. Um, so, like we, yeah. when you look at, so like take that, you take that mm-hmm. history and fast forward it a thousand years, it ain't got no better. <laughs> it ain't got no better because mainly the people. Mm-hmm. In, in our society, haven't you know? Uh, we haven't made it much better for those for those folks. <clears throat> That's why I, I listen to. I'm I, I'm listen to you when you say stories because like things that like maybe situations, uncomfortable situations uh, that you're you and your family. Um, know interact with and because i don't know i don't know so when you say something i'm i'm learning like there was the instance you told me about someone said to you <laughs> you know you know which one i don't know if you want me to say it so i'm just you know the one you told me one time in the break room <laughs> the woman that came up to you yeah so like me i didn't so i was like i i did not see and that bothered you, and I, and I didn't know. I didn't know that would bother you, and I, I didn't. I like that, like that whole thing. I didn't have no 
precursor. I didn't like have a thought that it was just like, oh, that wouldn't bother somebody that has like a mixed family. I didn't know. So when you told me like that bothered you, I was like, huh. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you caught that I was asking you questions um, and, because just to learn. This like, could just be huh. my brain and how tired I, I am. But uh, like, I don't mind. You can say you can say the instance, mm-hmm. but because I'm kind of fuzzy on it at this moment, but. Uh. Uh, we said uh, said a woman. First of all, I'm gonna say the whole details of this woman because that that's the only part that that I was like, what? The other the other part I I needed some more insight on because you know being a mixed family, a married woman with her kids and husband beside her walks up to Quentin and his wife and says, oh, your child is so cute. I always wanted a black child, a mixed child. And to those who may listen, to those who are listening, the reason that I'm kind of fuzzy on these things is because I have this thing. I have this thing with my brain where uh, (laughs) (laughs) crazy stuff happens to me so often. Weird things happen to me so often that I have to block them out. Otherwise, I would probably walk around with some kind of, you know, I'd walk around with a tick. <laughs> because of the amount of randomness yeah. that, uh, that seems to happen to me at, at will. But yes, 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 yes. Mm. And that was another time you were upset. That was like, I, like Monday, when you was upset and telling me about uh, the person you worked <laughs> With that, like we had some like some, some smiles. Like I knew you were upset, but we were smiling that day, bro. You weren't smiling at all. Like you was, you was telling me, and that was another reason why I was wanted to be a student and listen to your to your hurt because I didn't have no clue. And so no, I wanted to be like, man, really that is, I want to no, get some insight on so that. many reasons. Like um, number one, it was the audacity of the lady to just roll up <laughs> and just be like, oh. <laughs> like mm-hmm. that, I won't go so bold. I won't be as bold as to call a lady racist, but she was damn sure bigoted. Like her bigotry was her bigotry was on her bigotry was on level eleven. <laughs> <laughs> like, and it it just chat like she caught me at the wrong moment, and I just man, I, she goes, yeah. <laughs> she was like, <laughs> oh man. Oh my! See, I've always wanted a black baby, <laughs> and so I turned. I said to her, without even batting an eye, <laughs> "Oh well, it's not too late." <laughs> mind you, listeners. Mind yeah. you, listeners. This woman is dude, standing like, with her white husband. Like, I kid you not. All white. The way the dude looked at me, he thought that I was propositioning his wife in front of him and my wife sitting to my left. My wife. Like, cause my wife couldn't say anything. She was so shocked. That, she was so shocked that the moment happened. She was like, she was just dumbfounded. She was like, did this? Like the look on her face said, "Did this lady really just say what I thought she said?" <laughs> but I was already mid mid retort, and so so she just smiled and nodded. Oh my God, bless that, bless her heart. And I told you, I said, bro, if I was there, 
if we had like a family <laughs> outing and I, I was standing there, I would have busted out laughing. You saying to her, "It's not too late." I don't know how I didn't. I swear, to, I swear for you. As soon as I said it, I, I heard the words come out of my mouth. Oh my goodness! Because <laughs> I desperately wanted to. But... Oh man! Oh. oh my goodness! That's hilarious, bro. <laughs> Well, what about the what about the hardships of of because uh, we talked about racial injustice? What about what about the racial injustice impact with COVID nineteen? Well, like the mandatory, we gotta wear masks now. About, like right, so this whole COVID nineteen business, like we def we you, obviously we have to take it seriously, and I do take it seriously because I am clearly in the the. Uh, the category of people who can be affected just because of my own health uh, issues with being a diabetic and having high blood pressure. And so <clears throat> that is not, the COVID-19 ain't not, mm-hmm. I, I don't want none of that smoke. No, 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 no. I am not, <laughs> I am not here for that party. Uh, <laughs> but, and so like the idea of wearing a mask, it appeals to me and it's been something that's been on my mind for a long time, even before, you know, people start putting out that gouge talking about, a uh we need y'all to start wearing masks for where y'all go now <laughs> now the i clearly have an issue with it because obviously as a black man um but I, as a black man i've spent the last mm-hmm. 39 years trying not to wear a mask out in public <laughs> right <laughs> uh just for my own safety my. um now because of the the mm-hmm. issues and challenges with this this health scare and this pandemic that we're in now I'm putting a predicament do I do I wear the mask when I'm out in public and therefore put myself at, at even greater risk because I don't know if people mm-hmm. are paying attention but you know they shooting people without masks they've been shooting black folks without masks <laughs> for years <laughs> and now <laughs> yeah right <laughs> We've been having to wear about a piece of mask. Now we got actually like, wear a little you made earlier about you, like, yo, I don't got to leave my house ever again. I'm working at home. This is great. <laughs> like, I kind of feel that way, but on the flip side, I'm like, yeah, if I really want to go outside, I might want to carry this mask with me in case I need to go in a store. Or if I'm going to a store, I take the mask because, like, I'm I'm trying to self, uh, I'm trying to live. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, um, but don't think for a second, like, I'm not. Mm-hmm. As soon as I get to the place, I'm like, man, Lord, please don't let nobody be acting all extra willy-nilly out here today. It is not. Because <laughs> you know, seriously, like, that's an issue that I really feel is something <laughs> that a lot of people really just don't have to worry about. Like, they can they can just get up and go to the store and not have to worry about somebody mistaking them for somebody that stole something. Um, I mean, or that's about to rob the place. Like, I really want to go to a liquor store, but if I go in the liquor store with my mask on, I don't want to do behind the counter. Right. That'd be funny. <laughs> like I'm just in here for some bourbon, man. That's all I want. Exactly. <laughs> for real. We can do this trade real quick. But um, <laughs> so like that's the thing that's really right, right. That's one of the things that's really got yeah, man. My attention with the whole COVID thing, and obviously the second portion is like with the with the amount of black people that are being affected by this thing, 
<laughs> we were having a conversation uh, last week where I proposed a question. Like, are we being dumb as a community with this thing? Or is this like, is this a really legit? Or like, are these no like, basically, are these numbers inflated because black people are out here being extra? <laughs> or because like, this is a serious thing that's just really hitting the community really hard? <laughs> Well, I, my thing of it is this, is that, you know, here's the thing, and I'm, racial injustice and then the disproportion uh, to black uh, through the years is, is you know, a, a cause into some of the reason of the high cases of coronavirus. So you, you have you know, housing issues, you have you have poverty, you have you know, mass incarceration, you have limited health care access. You know, those all play a part and for those people that say, Oh, you know, you're you, people African descent people in America, they're leaning on what happened in the past and using it as an scapegoat. You know, that's not true. You know, you hear presidentials on tapes like, you know, Nixon, you know, or Robert Kennedy who <laughs> Black Democrats <laughs> love so much, and that's that's all <laughs> that tells you war on crime is called for get these niggas. Like, like there's no no if ands buts about that, and there's just so many situations like that that has that has been set up for disadvantages for Black people. So specifically in regards of housing. Um, for those who are in poverty and those who are in poverty and how those have been set up against them, they're on top of each other. So, you know, they don't have no, they have on top of each other. They, they have to go inside a store more often than usual. You know, they have to um, get rides. They have to get on the bus. So they're on, they, they, you know, they're in situations like that. However, Here's the stupid part. Now, it doesn't have anything to do with neither of them. <laughs> Just mental slavery of stupidity. Is those who are getting together for parties, getting together for socials, like there's actually mm-hmm. when when it was the height of coronavirus, when, it was, when we was just began lockdown in March, dude, there was videos trending of African descent people Getting together for house party, <laughs> sharing the blunt. Why are you passing the blunt in coronavirus? What? Like that stuff? Are people having like, like, uh, no, like, uh, like block parties? Like I saw a block party too in in April. I was like, what? And then, dude, this is the thing. You know, we talked about this. I won't go into the people. I'm not. I'm gonna leave the people in the moment of the conversation that 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 I de- uh, that I told you about uh, last week. But I will say this: that we live in Louisville, and Derby happened, and people <laughs> got together for Derby. <laughs> That's stupid. No, it's Here's the thing, and then I'm going to let you see, because I know I'm going on already. Consciousness, there is, there is, there is, there's consciousness, there's a universal consciousness of aware of yourself, aware of creation, aware of your purpose, aware of the creator, 
you know, focusing on your soul and spirit more than, than the physical body. And then there's black consciousness. Black consciousness is the same for all of those principles with and power of knowing who you are over your oppressor. And the thing that went around when this stuff happened was black people are immune <laughs> to coronavirus. I want to read something to you all that happened, oh this statistics that happened that was recorded in Connecticut. There, the 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 population percentage of black people in Connecticut is twelve percent. The coronavirus cases is seventeen percent for black people, and they make up only twelve percent of the state. A number of deaths. The percentage of black people, of course, again in Connecticut is twelve percent. The number of deaths of black people in the state of Connecticut is 14.4%. Mm-hmm. You're not immune. So like 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 hearing that stuff like like there I knew a guy, I knew two guys. One guy and we all know each other. One guy had multiple family members that suffered from coronavirus. This other guy who I guess and speaking to nothing but these black conscious people who say we ain't got nothing to worry about. You just gotta work out, drink some sea moss, uh, and keep your melanin popping. And you are going to live forever. Like he says to coronavirus ain't real, it's all in your mind. And I was like, this what? That's beyond reckless. Bro, so I so I'm like, like you all kill that noise. I'm full of consciousness. I'm full of reading and knowing about about uh, black inventors who have revolutionized this world and set up this world. Garrett Morgan, Louis Lattimore, all these. I'm so supporting all of that and reading all that stuff and forgotten history. That you know, I'm for all of that. But y'all dying because y'all think that we're immune to this stuff. Like, so, no! So no! Point. The one thing I would say before I, I go in on this is statistics you read, you read, are, um, that's, that's some wild stuff, man. I, I was not aware of any of that as far as uh, Connecticut and stuff goes. <laughs> but, um, no, no. Bro, bananas, bro. Yeah. And, and the same thing yeah. is for I us. Like, I, I it's a national thing. Gymnastics That's wild. To go through to try to sort out whether, you know, like, um, <clears throat> whether this is a real thing to be worried about or not. Like, no. Like, if even if five people died from it, like, yeah, it's a virus. Like, you could die from it. You could die from literally any virus. Like people could die from literally any virus they contract. It's you know whether you want to call it a miracle or great science that prevents it. <laughs> be my guess, but um, yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not about none of that. I want no part of the COVID COVID nineteen. It's an idea. I said. I said. I said. like you going to a girl. <laughs> And she's telling you, you know what? I think I got herpes from my last year. Yeah. And you say, I don't care about none of that, man. Come on, let's do this. Like, what? 
I'm not trying to hear that. See, like, no, now is not the time. Like, seriously, now it's not. Now is not the time to be trying to be all extra bulletproof. <laughs> History has shown that black people are less than bulletproof. If anything, we're bullet magnets. <laughs> so, no, I am not gonna be out here no. on the streets trying to be extra. And in fact. All of this has made me seriously question my motives and my thought process for some of the com for some of the congregations that I was a party of in the last couple of months. You know what I'm saying? And these are just and these are my people. These like these this is my mama. <laughs> I'm going to visit my mama and I'm like, oh, I don't man, this is a bad idea. Mm. Like, <laughs> I did not I was not aware there was gonna be this many people over here. Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> like seriously, man, like <laughs> I'm, tell- I'm dead serious, man. Me, me and my wife had a con- serious conversation about something like that. Not more than a couple weeks ago, and I was like, "Ooh, you know what, baby? That is my bad. If mm-hmm. I take that on the chin, I am so sorry. <laughs> like, that was an error. That was a clear error in judgment, and I will own up to that. What I will not own up to is, hey, man, won't you go hang over? Hey, man, won't you go? You're having a big bonfire." In celebration of you know this COVID being lifted, like oh no 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 no, <laughs> like the, the state might be opening its doors, but I am not that guy. No sir. Oh my goodness. No. That's the bro. That's the upsetting thing. Like bro, they're all like, red. They're all states that Georgia voted red. <laughs> well, who, who else was it? it was Georgia, Florida, Florida. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, I can't help myself. I'm really. <laughs> oh my goodness, that was a good one. That's what that's what someone else said. Someone else said all them people uh, that were talking about Obama's health care. I don't want people. I want Obama. We can literally crack on this for like ever because there was oh lots goodness. of issues. I remember hearing from lots of red states talking about, oh, Obamacare's death panels. Obamacare's death panels. Like, can somebody please explain to me how that's not the same that's happening, like, right now? <laughs> we people talking about, no, 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 we need to get back to work because, you know, this money. Like, <laughs> like that's a death panel. No. No thanks. Bro, wild, bro. Both of those states, no, oh, as soon as they opened up, bro, yeah, in, the, people in a just, week, they had People can try to pretend days. like it's not a thing, but I don't, I don't know when I'm going to be able to trust these people ever again. <laughs> like, me and me and my family are seriously thinking about uh, what's going to happen when they open our daycare. And we actually like our daycare services. <laughs> but the question is, you know what I'm saying? Like, we, we, I haven't even got to the point of when they open school. Oh, man. No. No, no, no. Like, uh, it's going, like, seriously, like, a lot of people are going to be like, you know what? <laughs> I, I ain't got it. <laughs> like, would you Would you just stay at home? Like, would, is there a possibility that you ask your supervisor, like, like say, for example, you know, daycare do open up, mm-hmm. yet, you know, you and your wife are in agreement that, you know, it's not safe. Would you, would you consider... To, to stay working at home, continue working from home, like even if that's for the rest of the year? To put it, dude, we, we've already talked about that. We've been talking about this for, 
for uh, about a week or so ago, so, or at least since the mm-hmm. determination to reopen at least Kentucky has happened. And so, like our yeah. our daycare has a has a date; they have a hard date of when they expect to open, which is the fifteenth of mm-hmm. June, I think. Mm-hmm. And as soon as we found that out, me and Andrew was like, "So, uh, well, <laughs> what are we doing here?" Like, and <laughs> no, because so, so like for me, I'm like I. Because I I told her flat out, I was like, look, I'm not anticipating um, putting the kids anywhere near a daycare until 2021. Uh, mm-hmm. <clears throat> just because, um, you know, like, again, they can tell me all they want that this ain't affecting children, but I know better. <laughs> like, it's a damn, mm. like, it's a virus. Viruses affect, right. what do viruses affect? Living organisms. What is my child? A living organism. Living organisms. <laughs> <laughs> Like, it's like, oh, by the way, oh, yeah. that living organism cannot even exude any, I repeat, not have any symptoms for like two whole weeks? Like, nah, Jack. No, 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 no. Children have died, bro. Like, I wouldn't yeah, want to pe- see my child in a hospital. Dude, yet. and people trying to, like, they, they sitting up here, like, when they tell you, oh, so-and-so died, but it wasn't because of COVID. Like, Negro, please. <laughs> like, you could tell somebody else that. But you ain't telling me that. Right. Like COVID is in the world; it's a factor. Like, like don't get me wrong. Um, they might not have died from the COVID, but you can't tell me that it wasn't a factor in how they died. Like that's because if you ask me, a lot of these numbers is underreported, like a mug. But that's a whole different conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, People, all they just need to wear their mask. Team reading. I'm telling you, man. Happen. No, I'm just going to pray right now. No, prayer is, you know what? No, because prayer is hopeless if that person don't want to change. So All these anti-vaxxers. For real, stop being dumb. Use your brain. People want to talk about, oh, what Jesus say? It's like, yes, and he gave you a brain, too. (laughs) Don't think that you're not supposed to use that thing between your shoulders. (laughs) Like, no, no. Like, science exists for a reason. Like people can try to pretend that science is divorced from the from the gospels. I am not one of those people. <laughs> right. No sir. One thing that I would that I have appreciated from coronavirus is the verses that Timberland and Swiss Beats created. <laughs> and the most recent one with Ludacris versus Nelly. Um, <laughs> did you watch that link that I sent you? I tried. And you want to know why? How long I tried? I tried for like a good fifteen minutes, bro. And then your your second do- child was just like, Aah! no. Well, I mean that was a factor, but like <laughs> when Nelly's internet kept messing up, I was like, I can't do this. <laughs> as soon as the as like the first fifteen times his internet kept cutting out and chopping up, I was like, oh my god. Why, why can't this dude who is worth way more than I'll ever make the next 10 years not have good internet service like what is going on is out where he wherever he was like this is bro, like, that's tragedy that is tragedy bro like bro ludicrous face through that versus was hilarious oh my god like oh my goodness bro anytime Nelly played a track that no one ever knew, but Nelly, like, Ludacris looked 
dead face. Like he just looked like that emoji where it's just like <laughs> the lion for the mouth and two lines for the eyes. That was ludicrous. Oh, man. That and he just did you there. keep the canes, the raising canes cup that Nelly had? <laughs> Bro, I didn't know what he was doing. It was raising canes. <laughs> Because remember, he, remember, oh, remember Luda talked. Luda was like, "Yo, man, you got that chicken," and then he was like, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah." And then Nelly was like, "Yeah, I'm trying to get the chicken and the beer." Uh, and I was like, "Oh man, please stop." <laughs> that was my first thought. And then I saw the cup. I was like, "Did this dude really just roll around the racing canes?" I was like, "Bro, no, I can't do it." Hopefully, hopefully he's 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 not. He, he didn't do that without any intentions. Maybe he has a, uh, uh, what I'm looking for. A sponsorship. He has, uh, yeah, a sponsorship. I was going to say maybe he has a, a raising cane. He might. And, maybe. uh, he, he could have just popped out oh of a red solo man. cup. That was all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, and he played music, but like, you know, like somebody said it, they hit it right on the nail. They said Nelly is the is the epitome of when that when that one friend would be like, bro, I want you to hear my 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 this rap song I just made, and they just all giddy, and you just like in your head you like, man, this is <laughs> but you just like, oh yeah, that's what Nelly was doing. Like those songs that nobody knew, he dude, that was the hardest he was going. He'd be like, yeah, 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 he'd be snapping his fingers oh, and going back and forth and dance. Oh my goodness, bro! Did you get to see that Ludacris changed his clothes multiple times? No, Did you get to see that. No, oh didn't make it that far. Uh, and then it cracked. I cracked up too. That he was. They was talking about in the beginning where he was talking about like how uh, <laughs> Luda was talking about because he played Welcome to uh, Welcome to Atlanta, right? And then afterwards, mm-hmm. when he goes, when they was talking about the song, and um, he. Luda was like, yeah, I just, you know, thought about trying to make music that would last, you know what I'm saying? And this is one of those joints that just like, you know, however many years later, we still listening to it and it still feels, sounds like it's fresh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you start listening to Nelly stuff and you're like, ooh, ooh, none of that stuff aged well at all. <laughs> wow. I would tell you what, bro. If they just did like hit for hit, like if they just did like this is a ludicrous song, like he's not featured mm-hmm. on it, like this is a straight ludicrous song versus straight Nelly mm-hmm. song, it wouldn't even like ludicrous beat him no matter what. Uh, yeah, but it wouldn't have been as it wouldn't like Nelly wouldn't have survived as long as he did. Mm. Like them switching it up to features gave Nelly a little bit of more chance. There were songs that I didn't know he was on mm. or or that I forgot. And some I didn't know existed that was you know, that was kinda mm. hot. Like there was two biggie songs they put he played that he, he featured on. Of course it, it was posthumous oh, uh, Biggie. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And so like like Diddy gave him some 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 lyrics to put on a song or something from Dick right. and from Biggie and put on but like even then though, bro, because there was a, there's a, a large portion of like the second, third half, however you want to mm. break it up, that they was just playing nothing but their features, songs that they're featured mm. on, and that gave Nelly some 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 extra room to to get a couple more wins. Ludacris was still blowing them out. <laughs> I didn't know, bro. Like here's the thing about Ludacris, mm. bro. 
in 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 my world. In my world, ludicrous is a lyric. Yeah. He gets he in my world he gets overlooked because he's not he's not your he's <laughs> not your like mainstream will never embrace ludicrous. Ludacris talks about bees and hoes. He talks about like Ludacris. Ludacris is the male version of Missy Elliott when it comes to videography. Like they did some amazing things. Yeah, his videos. Ludacris were just stands alone. Yeah, his videos were straight. Bro, like if you think about, like if you actually go back to any any one song that he was featured on, or even one of his songs alone, and just listen to the lyrics. He's he dude like he's legit bro like no one no one and I keep forgetting him of him and my favorite lyricist just because because of that like I said in my world like there's no like I have to download and add some some lyrics some ludicrous albums into my collection because there's I just forgot about them. Well, I've got man, I've got I I I'll tell you real. I got way more news albums than I do Nelly. I don't even think I got a Nelly song in my <laughs> collection, to be honest with you. Did you know he has an album that went gold? I mean, that went Who? diamond? Nelly? Yes, yeah. if I remember what Ludacris yeah, said, first said he's the only only rapper to have a diamond album. Dude, like that whole Down Down Baby song was ridiculous. This shit was everywhere. It, it was listening to that shit over in, in the Middle East. <laughs> like for real. <laughs> just, like for real, man. Oh my it was goodness. literally everywhere, dog. Bro, like, like, I'm not even gonna lie. Um so yeah, that makes sense. That's banana. That's I didn't I didn't even know both of them had Grammys. Did you oh, know yeah. that? Yeah. I didn't. I was like, because they were like, because Nelly was like, we both got Grammys, and I was like Oh yeah, I knew. See, because the thing, I knew Nelly had Grammys, because there was no way that you wasn't gonna yeah. give him a Grammy for that damn <laughs> down down baby song. That sound was everywhere. That song again. <laughs> that song was everywhere. Like even old grannies had that. Bro. Even old grannies could sing that song. But uh, that's wild. Bro. But yeah, see, the thing that's real sneaky is the Luda Grammy, because you don't think about it. Be like, wait, what? Wow, wow. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and so. I think I can listen to Ludacris in any mood. Like, there's music that I have that I listen to. My wife and I was talking mm-hmm. about that. She was like, what's your... I forgot what mood she said. There's something she read on Facebook. Oh, what's your... What music do you listen to when you're in your feelings? Like, when you're down or whatever? Drake. And, and, oh, no. And Drake gave my... Mine is 70. No, I thought music. she was talking about your wife. I was like, please don't say Drake. Oh no, <laughs> nah, she didn't say Drake. She didn't. She didn't actually say her. I got good back there and after with her. Like, oh no, I think I even know it. it when she's in her, when she's in her sad feelings, mm-hmm. she listens to, um, she listens to gospel. When she's in her like, like sad mm-hmm. feelings, she listens to, uh, she listens to some R and B. I'm, I'm, I like seventies music. I like, I like. And I mean, it's it's in red. So if it's like soft rock seventies music, I'm listening to it. If it's like, like um, what's some good Osley Brothers, I'm listening to it. Like when I'm in my feelings, I'm listening to those. Mm-hmm. Like, music. yeah, for me, it's uh, 
It varies, really. Because I wake up, like, I'll wake up. It's not uncommon for me to wake up and have, like, a theme for my day. <laughs> so, like, uh... that was the other part that I thought was cool of why I wanted us to become friends, man. Because we both did that. Remember we used to send each other, like, uh, like, Marley Wednesdays and stuff like that? West Coast Wednesdays. <laughs> Man. Yeah. <laughs> Trap Thursdays. <laughs> <laughs> See, but the thing about it is that like, hey, Trap Thursdays was an excuse for me to listen to young Jeezy songs. <laughs> it really was. <laughs> what what did we call that girl that we worked with? What was hers? What did she have a oh, day? No. Like something Tuesdays? Like it was like <laughs> nasty Tuesdays. Because she used to Yo, oh my yeah, god! She woke up that one day was, or she walked in the office one day and was listening to Jenny. Even Pony at eight it's o'clock. Like nine, it's like wow. nine o five in the morning. Like damn, who the hell? Oh my god! Bro, we looked at each other oh, and was like, "You did Pony?" <laughs> <laughs> I do. As soon she as was I up there glued you, to her screen. The funny part was, as soon as I looked at you, I knew better than to ask if it was coming from you. I knew better. <laughs> I was like, I know that it's not coming from him. <laughs> Bro, I looked up like, <laughs> I, I asked her, I was like, are you listening to Pony at 9 o'clock in the morning? But she was so, before I got her attention, bro, did you remember, she was so productive working on the loan she was working mm-hmm. on. Like I was like, how does work? How can you be productive listening to Pony at nine o'clock in the morning? <laughs> like, like now if it was, if it was five o'clock, if it was five p.m., five p.m., I'd be like, like no matter who you are, guy, girl, I'm like, okay, you about to get it in after work. You just getting prepared. <laughs> like, I got you. Oh my goodness, <laughs> I got you. But you listen to Pony at 9 o'clock in the morning, that's suicide. Because you basically going to be horny or whatever for about eight hours. <laughs> what was it, Mike? What was it? Uh, oh, man. Martin Martin Lawrence said on um, one of his stand-ups, it was like, you just be simmering. <laughs> simmering all day long. Dude, dude's cracking me up. Bro, that is suicide, bro. Bro, that's the... That's the that's the, you know, I love, I wouldn't change it in the world for, let me know if you've ever experienced I wouldn't change it in the world I have a family. That's the thing about, like, kids, bro, be be killing the vibe. Like, I'm, like, my wife and I will be, like, we'll be sending each other, like, cutie text messages, and I'll be like, yeah, I get home. Yeah. Man, I get home. She's like, yeah. Your daughter spit up all over the ceiling and, and pissed in my mouth twice. What? I ain't in the mood for nothing. Don't touch me. What? Oh my goodness. Kids, have you kids did that? In cold showers. Bro, I feel like they know what they're doing, bro. Mm-hmm. I feel like they do it. My wife says the other night, <laughs> and we ain't even talking about, like, you know, some quality time or whatever. She's just talking about, we was just trying to watch a movie. Mm-hmm. I swear, she was so hot. Mm-hmm. So hot. She said, I swear, every time you try to play in something, <laughs> something else happens. Something comes up. One of the kids won't go down. Oh, man, she was so heated. I felt so bad. I felt so bad. Bro, I just think of... I so bad. 
I just, I just, I can just see your 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 oldest daughter just like sitting in her room and like you know how like they do like someone with like a sixth sense or something like she just like doing like this. <laughs> I smell, I smell love about to happen. Time to go f up some stuff. Like, <laughs> oh, you gonna have nightmares now. <laughs> Oh my goodness, bro. I'm telling you, they know what they're doing, bro. They know walking what they're cold doing. showers, my friend. Walking cold showers. Walking cold showers. <clears throat> Make plans no, with your do. lady? Nope. <laughs> Ruined. <laughs> Ruined. Ruined. Oh my goodness. Well, bro. I think we we, we Sir, got it. We're definitely gonna be trimming this one for content. It's like 102 minutes. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Well, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, it has been real. Ladies it is time to shut it down. Episode number two. Theme music to drive by. I forgot to okay. tell you. Theme music to a drive by. I was thinking, just because I know I forget, and I know we're going to either go to sleep or eat dinner or whatever after we get finished with this. I forgot I was thinking an option for music for us to come into was uh, was the intro to uh, the show of Dougie Fresh and Rick James. Oh! <laughs> oh, oh, my God! <laughs> <laughs> I just know, even if we don't choose it, just let the viewers know and my and Quentin know. That that's gonna be the song playing in my head as we say goodbye <laughs> every time. <laughs> just think about me, and even if you don't know what I look like, just picture a black man rocking back and forth, he's into <laughs> it in his head. <laughs> oh boy! Oh man! <laughs> All right, bro, man. <laughs> <laughs> My wife says that all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, theme music to a drive-by, episode two. I'm Quentin. My man's Joseph. It's been real. It's been fun. As my my grandma said, you don't got to go home, but you got to get the H-E out of (laughs) here.